Amen. Thank you, Ronald, for those songs this morning. Praise be to God for all that he has done. He is our God, our everlasting God, eternal God, God of mercy, God of compassion, God of justice, God of righteousness. He's all of those things and even more to us who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So thankful to be here this morning and pray that the Lord will use our time this morning to grow in him and his word and that we may grow a little bit closer to him throughout this day. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your holiness. We thank you for who you are, God. May we give you praise in all that we do, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to meet as a body, Lord, to learn from your word. Help us in this moment, Lord, to learn and grow from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but I like going up to high places and seeing different places. A lot of people don't like going to high places, but I love it. Going somewhere and standing on the tip of a mountain and looking down and seeing all the valleys. I've never been to the Grand Canyon yet. But I sure am looking forward to the day when I get to go there, Lord willing, if the Lord gives me that opportunity to see it. But also just going in different places or just being in the airplane and seeing different areas and different places in the world. Not so many different places, but some. I just stand in awe of who God is and all of God, God's creation and all that he has done. And I don't know about some of you, some of you teenagers maybe like to play video games. And when you're playing these video games, you want to get to the end. There's a level you get to and then the game ends. Well, I started learning when I was younger as a teenager, when I was playing lots of games at that time, at that time, when I got to the very last level, when it finished, it says, congratulations, you can now start the next chapter. And I was like, what? I wanted to get to the end to be done with it. Okay. That's why I don't play those kind of games that has to have any part two, three, four, five or anything. It's just too much for me. But I want us to think this morning of what God, where God is and who he is. And I want you to know that God wants us to be where he is. And we can be assured that when we die and we die in the Lord, we will be with the Lord forever. It won't be, well, now that you've passed this stage, do something else. We will be with the Lord. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. Amen. Blessed are those who sleep in the Lord, who rest in the Lord. We have that honor. We have that hope. We have that belief. But I want us to think this morning in Isaiah chapter 57, particularly in verse 15, as we look this morning of what, who God is and what God has done in our lives. God, when he's using Isaiah to write to them, talking about the things that were to come, hard times are coming. Suffering is coming. Trials are coming. A lot of those things, because of their sin, they're going to be taken away to captivity. But he wants to help them to know that God has not abandoned them. And I don't know about you this morning. Maybe you're going through a hard time in your life right now, or you're going through trials, or you're going through suffering. Some things of what you've done, some things of what other people have done, things that we have no control over. I still want you to know that the Lord has not abandoned you. The Lord loves you. The Lord wants you to turn to him. He wants you to look to him to know that he is right there beside you. As it says, draw near to God and he come near to God and he will come near to you. It is Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. I want us to understand where this God is, this God that we serve, and who he is. And as we look at this verse this, this, this morning, Isaiah 15, 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place. And right there with those words, we already understand where God lives. 
His character of who he is. He says, this is what the high and exalted one says. The one who is to be exalted in our lives. The one who's to be exalted in our lives because he is holy. We're doing a class on Wednesdays also talking about holiness and understanding that our God is holy. But not only that, he says, I live in a high and holy place. And I want you to know that we've had glimpses of that high and holy place. Not only when Isaiah says this in chapter 57, but in Isaiah chapter 6, he had the privilege to see the throne room scene, to see what happened. And it says in verse 1, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. Seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings that covered their faces, with two that covered their feet, and with two that they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the second of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. God's presence. Isaiah having this throne room scene of where God is as he is the holy, 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 holy of holies. High and exalted, seated on the throne. Isaiah had the privilege to see this vision. So as in John in Revelation 4, seeing the vision of the throne room of the Father and the Son. But I want you to know something. This glory that is there, where God is seated, where God is on his throne, where he is reigning and continues to reign until the day and will continue to reign forevermore. And in this high and holy place where he is, separated from sin, for sin cannot go there, where he is. And in this very place, God desires that one day we may go there also. And God said, I want to bring holiness to you. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. And Jesus, as he comes to this earth and walks amongst us, walks among us, lives a sinless life, was tempted in every way like men. We have a God who understands us. But Jesus, when he was getting close to the end of his life, in John chapter 17, he started having the idea of the glory that he would be with. Look what it says in John 17, as we talk about God's word, verse 1. Or verse 17, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. In John 17, verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. What glory there is awaiting us in heaven. Jesus said and looked off and saw it and says, Lord God, I can't wait to be back with you with the glory I had with you before time this world began something he anxiety okay i can i can something he wanted okay he hoped for longed for looked for in his life going back to be with the father as in philippians chapter 2 it says that jesus made himself like us and descended among us and was lifted up on a cross 
and was obedient to the Father, even to the point of death. And therefore, God gave him the name that is above every name. And Jesus is in the glory with the Father, as we can see in Revelation. But not only that, as we see this, we see and understand that God is in heaven. And Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says, Heaven is my throne, God says, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things and so they come into being, declares the Lord? There is nothing that we can build that can hold the presence of him. God is spirit. And he looks for worshipers in spirit and in truth. You know, as we look at this throne room scene of who he is and what he has done for us in our lives, looking at this great and awesome God who dwells in heaven, I want you to know that we want to have that same hope that one day we will be in glory. We share in it today when we give our lives to the Lord. But why every day that we live, may we continue to remember that, to look to it, to gain strength from it. You know what Stephen did in Acts chapter 7 as he was preaching the word of God? The word of God. And before he's going to be stoned because of his message of the hope of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These words happen in Acts 7, 54. Have, uh, talking here about this when he is talking to him. And he says these words. I saw heaven and earth. I saw heaven open up. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine that moment when Stephen is preaching this message, understanding that he is going to be persecuted, understanding that he is going to die? What was it that was able to give him strength at that very moment? The very fact of seeing heaven opened and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And for that reason, even as he was going on to, going on to be persecuted and stoned and dead, When he looked around, he could say the very words of the Son of God. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us, God, when we don't know what we're doing. Lord God, help us to remember that you are God of gods, that your Son is King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, help us to remember that there is something so great to look forward to. I can't wait till the day as the angels carry us off to be with the Lord. And we're with the Lord forever. May that be our drive to want to do the right things in our lives because of who God is, because of the motivation that he has given us, because he is holy and he is in a highly high place. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's kind of scary. Because when I think about a high and holy place and I think of who I am, I'm saying, whoa, I still got a lot of work to do, Lord. How am I a human, a sinful person? going to be able to live with you lord in eternity because of all the things that i've done how is it lord that you would even want me to live in your holiness to live where you are hebrews 10 says that jesus entered the most holy place that's heaven lord and that you're going to allow us to enter heaven as well how lord why lord And how can I become and how can I be sure, Lord, that I get there? Because when I see how how high you are, I don't think I deserve it. I don't know about you. If you see a lot of movies, you know, when you have the king, you have that wall. And then the people are out of it. And none of those can enter into it. And then the king is there. And nobody feels that they are worthy to go into there. I would probably, I feel like that. When we think of our king of kings and lord of lords. Who am I that I should ever enter into the walls of the kingdom?
Lord God, who are you, Lord, that you would even want to have anything to do with us? And many of people have decided to create their own gods because they don't understand the love of our God. And God says here in this verse is here. You know what? I live in a high and holy place. I live there. But I'm different than the other gods. Very different than the other gods. The other gods that you seek, which are no gods at all, idols that you seek, which are no idols, which are no gods at all, who do not do anything for you, as he'll say in Isaiah 56, you put all your idols and your pagan things up, and they don't work, and they don't work because they are nothing. But yet you submit yourselves to them. You submit yourselves to these gods, these idols that cannot help you, that have nothing to do with you, that you believe are in a high and holy place where you can never reach and they will never reach down to you. But yet, you serve those. And God is saying, I am not like these gods. I want you to know I am God, the Lord Almighty, the Holy One, the One highly exalted. And look what it says here. The God who is highly exalted, the one who lives in high places and holy places, as it says in Isaiah 57. I live in among these places, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. Wow. God lives in a high and holy place. Cheney loves you enough to want to be with you. Miss Joyce, he loves you enough to want to be with you where you are. God loves us in such a way, he says, I, want, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. God doesn't want us to think he's far away. When you're contrite and your heart is broken, when you're contrite and lowly in spirit, you may be feeling broken because of sin, the things that you have done in your life, the things that I've done in my life, the things that break us. We may be broken because of suffering, things we suffer physically, emotionally, spiritually, all these different things that we suffer in our life. We may be broken because of going through trials. Things that we've never had to face before. Things that we need to look for and grow out of. Broken because of sadness. Sadness, things of passing of ones that we love. Things that happen that we don't understand why. God is saying, I'm right here with you. God says, if you have a broken and contrite spirit, lowly spirit, I am not far from you. But I am right there with you. And I love you. And I desire to be with you. Not only that, a person lowly in spirit means I have to have full dependence on God, the Father. I'm someone who needs encouragement. Someone who needs a relationship. Someone who has become fragile because of the things that have happened in my life. In the lives of each and every one of us. But I want you to know, have you ever felt that way? Lord God, who am I before you? Isaiah felt it in chapter 6. Lord God, I am a man of unclean lips among unclean people. And God sent that angel with the tongue there and cured him at that moment. And said, your sins are forgiven with the tongues. And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. But not only that, Isaiah 66 also says this to us. These are the ones... I look on with favor, God says. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble 
at my word. Lord God, may I have a humble spirit, a lowly spirit, a spirit broken, ready to do your will in my life, Lord. And Lord God, your promise in these verses here is saying that I am with you. Have you felt abandoned by everybody? Even your brothers and sisters in Christ? God has not abandoned you. Don't abandon him. Have you suffered? And you think God is far from you? He is with you. And he loves you. You know, there's a Christian singer called Mandisa. I don't know, some of you may know her, some may not. She was on American Idol a long time ago and things like that. She sang one song that was called Overcomer. And she said that you are an overcomer. And, and it was a good song. And she, she sang that song. Then she wrote another song that was called He's Still With You. And in that song, she kind of talks about her first song. She said, you know what? I said, he, I said we're overcomers and it's easy to overcome. But you know what? Sometimes it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. You're still an overcomer. But... There's going to be hard times of difficulty. Times of what is going on in my life, Lord. And in that song, she says, he is with you. When you're down, when you're out, he is with you. God, may I help and may I know, Lord, when my heart has been broken, when my spirit has been broken, you are with me, Lord. You long to dwell with me in those moments, Lord. You long to dwell me within those moments, Lord, so that I will not forget that you have not abandoned me. In Isaiah 57, he's talking to a people that are going to be persecuted, taken captive, led away from their homes. And God's still saying, through all of this, I don't want you to think, I have not abandoned you. I still love you. I still want you. I have not abandoned you. But you know what? There's something else that's very important about a broken and contrite spirit. If you feel broken, something that you've gone through in your life. God doesn't want you to stay broken. God does not want you to stay broken. You know what God wants to do? He wants to revive you. He wants to restore you. Isaiah 57 says he lives in a high place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in heart. But he also says, God says, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of Of the contrite. Wow. God you love me enough. That even in my brokenness. You still want to repair me. You still want to show me that you're with me. That I still have value. Even though I'm worthless. And you do Lord. I've said this before. And uh, uh, a long time ago. in In a couples class. Talking about in Japan. When they break a vase. You know, you have those, if you have a beautiful vase, you break the vase and it breaks into pieces. And all those broken pieces are there. What do they do? Some of the culture does there in Japan. They get that vase and they glue it back together. But they don't use Elmo's. They don't use whatever other kind there is. They use gold to glue that back together. And when they get all those pieces together, they put the vase back where it was With all of that, not glued together with glue, but with gold. The idea is it's even more valuable than it was before. Lord God, (laughs) I've sinned. I've done things that don't please you. How in the world could you ever love somebody like me? 
I am broken, Lord. But yet you're willing to put me together. You're willing to allow me to be something new. You're willing to restore me. You're willing to revive me, to have newness of life, Lord. Lord God, you are amazing. That you not only want to be with us, but you want to revive us. And you want to restore us. We sing a song a lot of times. Don't worry, I'm not going to lead it, okay? But we sing the song, Restore My Spirit. Restore my spirit, Lord. I need restored. My heart is weary. Please help me, dear Lord. I stand in need of in need of more. Strength from your word. Renew my love. Rebuild my faith. Oh, restore my soul. Revive the fire, Lord. Deep in my soul. Won't you, Lord? Stir my desire to work in your fold. Light in my heart, dear God. Your zeal grown cold. Renew my love. Rebuild my faith. Oh, restore my soul. Renew my courage, Lord. It needs restored. Yes, it does. For my cup is empty. Refill it, dear Lord. Replace all doubts and fear with faith so bold. Renew my love. Rebuild my faith. Oh, restore my soul. God, over and over again, renew, restore my spirit, Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord. You know... It's so neat when we see, hear the messages that Tim has been bringing on Sunday evenings about Jesus face to face with different people. Jesus comes to a woman at a well who we understand coming at the time of day means that she's gone through some different things in her life. And we understand later that she's already had five husbands and the man that she's living with now is not her husband. But yeah, Jesus says, comes to me, I can give you drinking water. Not only says that, he says, I am the Messiah. And he also says, I am the resurrection and the life. Why would he say these things to a woman who had done all those things? She was broken and contrite in heart. Why does Jesus give us the opportunity to be with him today? Because we're broken. And contrite in heart. If we have the right spirit. If we're looking the right way. And I want us to think about one person in the Bible. As many others in the Bible also. That we can understand and we can see this plainly. That in a time in his life where he had followed the Lord. With all of his heart, soul, mind and strength. He had wandered away from the Lord. He had done some horrible things. He had committed adultery. He had murdered. And a prophet comes to him and tells him what he has done. Talking about David. A man after God's own heart. What did David understand about his sin? And the things that he had did when he was truly broken by the word of God. You know what? Sometimes we keep on doing things. And maybe the Lord will send somebody to us to say, you are that man. And when God says, you are that one. May we break down just as David broke down. May we break down because of sin and the sins in our lives and understand, God, we need you more than ever. But listen to what Psalm 51 says. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing for your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is what? A broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, you God. And contrite heart, you God, will not despise. What am I going to do? What I got to do? I got to make things right with God. What offering should I do? I'll start going to church now like I should. Oh God, I'll start reading the Bible like I should. First things first. Broken spirit, broken and contrite heart. If I have a broken spirit and broken contrite heart, Lord God, I'm going to want to do those things. I'm going to want to do them because I want to want you in my life. Lord God, you do not despise a heart that's broken and contrite. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build the walls up of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. You know what he's saying? And the first things that we need to remember coming here yes that's what the lord wants and he wants us to come here with the right heart why do you think that god said if you have something against your brother go resolve it before you come together god help me to have a heart that's totally connected to you in every way what do we understand from john 4 also jesus knows everything about me there's nothing i can hide from him he knows the good And he knows the bad, and he knows the real bad. Everything. But yet he still went and sat and talked to the lady, the Samaritan woman at the well. Hebrews says in chapter 10 that Jesus entered heaven itself. And for that reason, we can draw near to God. Lord God, may we draw near to you with a broken and contrite heart. This morning, if you're thinking, I've not had a broken and contrite heart, and I feel the Lord is long and far away from me. God has not abandoned you. He wants to live among you. He's not only there up on high, but he wants to be there among you. Living your daily life, each and every day. As the song says, he is with you. He is with you. But you know, in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became, as it says later on in verse 13, flesh. But those who were around Him didn't consider Him as the Son of God. But God gave the right that all of those 
who believe in him may become children of God. This morning, brothers and sisters, God says, I was up on high. I sent my son. He went to where you are and even into the depths and was raised from the dead so that you don't have to face that, so that you may face eternal life so that when you die, you will be with the Lord. Lord God, help us to have a broken and contrite heart. Help us to have a heart that's ready to forgive others, Lord. Is it easy? No. Does pride get in our way when we want to forgive? Yes. Does pride get in our way in many things? Yes. And so God may be even wanting to break our pride down so that we may be humble and follow him. This morning, if you have any need, God wants to be with you. If you have a broken and contrite heart, know that he wants to dwell among you. But not only that, he wants to dwell with you. He wants to revive your spirit. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to bring you back, as David would say, restore the joy of my salvation unto me. I want you to have joy. I want you to be fired up for the Lord. But I know sometimes it's not easy to be fired up. In those moments when we're not so fired up and we're broken, don't forget that God has not left you. God wants to dwell with you in those moments, and he will will restore you. If you are not in Christ this morning and you feel broken, sin separates us from God. And there is nothing we can do in us to deserve that grace and mercy. It's all what God did on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. The thing is, God says, I'm going to leave you the choice to choose or not. In Isaiah 57, he says to them, you can choose or not. Joshua in 24 says, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you feel broken and the pieces are broken, God wants to put you together. But he put you together with something much more precious than gold, the precious blood of his son, Jesus. And he says, you have value. You have worth because of what my son has done for you. Therefore, walk in newness of life. What will you do with Jesus as we stand and sing? We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class.
Grace and peace be with you always.